Welcome back to the Gathering Place of All Nations. This Monday night, Pastor John Irving shares a message about when God raises up the standard, His Word always wins. This was such an encouraging and powerful message, and I'm excited for you to hear it. Let's check in. Praise God. Well, some of you already know what I'm talking on because I gave you a little sneak preview on Friday night at our prayer meeting. And uh, just to recap a little bit, uh, Victoria and I just got back from New York a few days ago, and we were down there for a, a week, eight days with her family, and we had a glorious time. Traffic was terrible. But other than that, uh, it, was, it was a glorious time. And then the Lord uh, uh, shared a dream with me, and then he gave me a, a verse that I read on Friday night, and I'm going to read here and unpack it a little bit. And I believe this verse is a verse that is going to be, uh, Lord gives me a verse every year for the next year, and on uh, Monday night, he says, this is the verse for the year. And so we're going to unpack that verse. Very, 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 very familiar. Uh, you all know it. If you've been a Christian for five days or more, you know it. All right? Or 25 days or more, you all know it. And the strange thing is, is when he gave it to me, I was about the middle of the night last Monday night in New York, and I'm sitting there dumbfounded that I've, in the course of this pandemic, I have not used this verse. Preached this verse 10, 20 years ago many times. Haven't really uh, quoted it in a long time. And I never quoted it to the best of my knowledge during this pandemic, but I should have. Not only that, but I've listened to a lot of prophets and I've listened to a lot of preachers. And I haven't heard anybody else quote this verse, which is amazing. I'm sure somebody has. All right, I'm sure smarter and wiser and more informed people than me have used this verse because the verse is very, very pertinent. But I do believe it's very, very um, apropos for this uh, coming year, 2023. And let me uh, uh, read the verse, and then what I want to do is I want to give you a little bit of context, run through a little bit of this chapter, and then kind of take this verse specifically and uh, unpack it with current events and where we're going uh, in the new year, all right? Uh, I do not have a great revelation of what's going to happen next year. I really don't know if too many people do. There's a lot of prophets and a lot of people out there saying a lot of things. And a lot of it bears witness in me. And you know what? It, somebody can say there's something terrible coming. Another person can say something really good is coming. And it can, they can both be accurate. If I pull out... Uh, 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 um, a, a Canadian $1 coin. Somebody can say there's a loony on it. Uh, and another person can say there's somebody's face on the other side. They're both accurate. All right? So uh, prophetic words can have, you know, a double side to it, and so they can both be accurate. Anyway, open your Bibles to Isaiah 59. Verse 19. And let me switch glasses here. Isaiah 
Praise God. Isaiah 59, verse 19. It says this, so, so they will fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. That's a poetic way of saying from the east to the west. And if you remember, the Israelites, the people in the ancient lands did not think in terms of north and south. That was not on their radar. They thought from east to west. That was, their, we align ourselves with north and south. You know, if I, and I'm from a, a surveying background and geology and, and, uh, and uh, um, geography and all that kind of stuff. And so I, when I look at a map, I want to know where, if I walk outside, I want to know where north is. I just want to know where north is so I can align everything inside of me. For, but back in the old days, it was east and west. Remember, the tabernacle was built, and the entrance was the east gate. All right? And so, uh, and then the second part of the verse is really where we're going to focus in on. When the enemy comes in like a flood... The Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. How many people know that verse? All right. How many people don't know that verse? Oh, we got one. Okay. Well, there you go. That person's going to learn this verse tonight. All right. And all the rest of it's going to be reviewed, but we're going to begin to build. But doesn't that verse absolutely fit with the times that we're living in when the enemy comes in like a flood? The promise of the Lord is the Lord will raise a standard up against him. All right? The Lord is our rear guard. The Lord is able to guide us, lead us, protect us, in these days ahead. Uh, just on the surface right now, when you look at the news over the last six months, year and a half, it looks like there's nothing that can stop our enemy. Our enemy is emboldened, the, uh, the uh, pandemic, the lockdowns, the mandates, the, um, uh, the closing the churches, everything. It seemed like he has got victory on every side. Uh, and he has been emboldened to begin to even go after more and more and more. But there's two words I want to say to the devil right now. But God. But God. And I want to give the context of this message, but let me tell you what the name, the title I gave this uh, message here tonight Look what the Lord has done. And so we're going to look at some of the context of this chapter in 59, the chapters before and after. We're going to dig down and drill down a little bit more into this verse. We'll look at some, really, there, there's two aspects of this verse, uh, actually three when you include the fear of the Lord, but... Uh, when the enemy comes in like a flood, well, let's look at what the enemy's doing. We're just going to briefly go and, and target that towards the middle or end of the message. 
But then we're going to look at the standard that the Lord is raising up at this time. And with that, we should have a lot of hope and we should here leave here with hope because he's our blessed hope. Amen. So let me just talk about the book of Isaiah briefly. Um, some of you may know all this, and if you do, it's review. Uh, and I'm not going to go into it in very much detail. But I, I, I'm, there's a teacher in me, and sometimes I like to bring forth some of this to try to help people understand things in the Old Testament specifically. There are 66 chapters in the book of Isaiah. And how many chapters are in the Bible? 66. Many people look at Isaiah as like a miniature Bible in the Bible. It gets even more interesting. There's two main divisions in the book of Isaiah. Chapters 1 to 39 is the judgment of God. Chapters 40 to 66 is the deliverance of God. So we have 39 chapters on the judgment of God. Now, what does that 39 chapters kind of remind you of? The Old Testament. Very good, Sander. We have 39 chapters in the Old Testament. Isn't that something the way it divides out that, that way? And then there's 27 chapters, all right, from 40 to 66. And that resembles the New Testament, all right? Um, this uh, New Testament, these, I'm going to focus in, it starts off, comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, in uh, chapter 40, verse 1. And for the most part, the, the latter chapters from 40 on are all about hope, all about deliverance, all about God's grace, God's saving power. In fact, chapters 40 to 48... Uh, speaks of the supremacy of the Lord. And it's all about comfort. Chapters 49 to 53, we're talking about the servant of the Lord, and we're talking about God's promise. You know, Isaiah 53. Chapters 54 to 66, that's where we are with our verse. It's the future plan of the Lord. And this section of Isaiah is speaking about hope. Isn't that powerful? And so um, our verse that we're looking at here tonight, chapter 59, verse 19, is in the section, all right, of God's grace and deliverance, all right? And it's in that third part on hope. And so tonight, we're going to speak, we're going to finish on hope, and we're praying that each one of you will leave here strengthened, even though there is darkness all around us, all right, we can have hope. So a little bit of context. Now, when you're studying the Bible, it's good to um, uh, understand context. Context is what is before the verse or verses that you're looking at, and what comes afterwards. So we're going to look at chapter 58 for a minute, and then we're going to look at 
chapter 60 for a couple of minutes, and then we're going to drill down in the entire chapter of 59, but I can give you assurance it's going to be a brief overview. I'm not going to drill down in every single verse and every single word and exegete everything. I'm just going to give you a broad overview. Then we're going to come back to the verse that we're talking about. So in chapter 58, we're talking about a true fast, not a false fast. We're, we're going into a fast after Christmas. I believe this is going to be our most important fast that we've ever done. And, and let me say this. Um, we don't dictate what kind of fast you're to do. And we don't even say you have to do a fast, okay? That is optional. But we encourage a corporate fast every year for 21 days. And you might fast beef. You, that would be hard. All right. Uh, I, most people know. How many people know what I'm going to be fasting? Br uh, Brussels sprouts and, uh, and coffee. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, yeah. But anyway, I haven't eat, eaten those things ever and or drank those things ever. Uh, I don't like them. Uh, so giving up what you don't like is not really fasting, you know. Uh, if there's somebody that doesn't like ice cream, giving it up would not be a problem. I don't know anybody. I think I've only met one person in my life that doesn't like ice cream. Maybe certain flavors, but anyway. Um, so, uh, so anyway, uh, you may uh, decide, I'm going to fast all desserts. Maybe you're going to do a Daniel fast, only fruits and vegetables. No meat for that three weeks. Uh, maybe you're going to do intermittent fasting. That's kind of what I'll be doing, along with a little bit of food restrictions, uh, where you only eat during certain windows of the day. Uh, and so there's different ways that you can, uh, you can fast and uh, uh, and the Lord will lead you and guide you. Maybe someone's going to fast TV or the news. That would be a hard one for me, all right? I'm a news junkie, all right? I really do like uh, to stay abreast of what's going on in the world. But you really have to be careful with what you're listening to because it's, uh, it, much of it's not correct. And uh, so anyway, the Lord will guide you in that. But this, this listen to this. It says, um, is it... Uh, Verse 8, um, is it uh, a fast like this which I choose a day for a man to humble himself It is as it is for one bowing his head like a reed and spreading out sackcloth, etc. Verse 6, is this not the fast which I choose to loosen the bonds of wickedness, to undo the bands of yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke. That's what we're, that's why we fast, is we want freedom. We want people to get set free ourselves, all right? We're not here trying to tell somebody to start some diet or anything like that. Uh, that's, that's your choice, whatever you want to do, all right? But, um, but there's things that we need to try to break uh, free of and try to help others that we can pray. Verse 7 is not to divide your bread with the hungry and to bring uh, the homeless, the poor into, your, into the house, and when you see the naked, to cover him, all right, and not to hide yourselves from your own flesh. In other words, look inside, take a time to look at your own life, be honest. Then your light will break out like the light of dawn and your recovery will be speedy and forth. The glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. All right, we're supposed to go forward, and God will protect us on the backside. Then you'll call, 
and the Lord will answer it, and you will cry, and he will say, here I am, all right? You'll remove the yoke from the, your midst, all right? Uh, your, verse 10, your light will rise in the darkness. A lot of light and darkness analogies in these chapters, all right? And uh, uh, lots of other things there. Verse 12, and those from among you will rebuild the ancient ruins. You will rise up the age-old foundations, and you will be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets in which you dwell. There's a restoring of God's foundations and church that is going on right now, and that's the context of chapter 29. There's more there, but that's all I'm going to go and then if you turn over to chapter 60, this is two or three verses right after our verse. It says, Arise, shine. This is a familiar, another incredibly familiar verse. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth, and deep darkness the peoples. Do we live in that kind of society right now? Darkness everywhere in the earth, and deep darkness. I mean, it... It's amazing how you can talk to some people and they don't see what's going on. But how can they see? If they don't know the light of the world, how can they see and know what, what is really happening in the world right now? And to be honest, I don't fully know what's going on in the world. And truthfully, I don't really want to know the depth of darkness that's going on in the world. I'd rather focus on the light. When I became a Christian, I came out of the occult and the cult, and, uh, and I was attending a church down in Toronto called Stone Church. I don't know if any of you know it. There was a big uh, uh, young adult group there on Monday nights, and uh, uh, many of the people that I kind of hung around really likes, you know, to study about demons and demonic, and well, I came, the occult, I came out of it. I wanted to focus on the light. All right, I want to know about the, I want to know about the demonic and the occult. I want to be I want to be aware of what's going on, but I don't want to focus on it. There's too many people focusing in on the dark side. I want to focus in on the light. I want to focus in on on Christ. I want to focus in on his glory. But I don't want to be ignorant of the enemy's devices either. All right? And so there's darkness that is covering this world, and you can read the rest here about a radiant light and abundance and the wealth coming to you in chapter, in verse 5, and, and, uh, and, uh, and so on and so forth, all right? So that's the context of, of um, the verse in the chapter 59. Let's just take a few minutes and drill down into uh, chapter 20, after chapter 59. If you're just joining us online, we are in Isaiah chapter 59. These first two verses are very, very familiar and um, a little puzzling. Behold, the Lord's hand is not so short that it cannot save. Neither is his ear so dull that it cannot hear. The idea here is some of the people are saying, well, God's not all-powerful. God's not all-knowing. He, he, he doesn't listen, all right? There's some people were saying that God just, he's not really listening. Uh, have, we, have you ever 
talk to anybody? What's going on with your God right now? Is, is he, is he, where is he? What, what's happening? Uh, your God doesn't seem to be doing anything for you right now. Or they're kind of uh, family members or whatnot. They're, they're kind of saying, well, you know, this or that or that happened or this. Why did all that happen? Why are you going through your struggles? Why are you going through your pain? You know, uh, or maybe we are sometimes saying, God, like David, where are you, God? Why are the wicked uh, prospering? And, uh, um, and God's going to answer in just a few minutes, all right? Uh, but it says here in verse 2, the answer right here is, but your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. You know, when one of the first shootings happened 20-some years ago at Columbine, uh, some person, I think it was a student, but somebody said, uh, you know, what, where was God? Why did God not, why did God allow this shooting to happen in that school and subsequent shootings in, over the last 20-some years? And one person wrote down was, because you kicked God out of school. You know, and um, our iniquities have separated us from God, that he cannot hear us, he, he cannot listen to our prayers, and he cannot respond to our prayers per se, or our cries, because of our sin. And we're not talking necessarily individual sin. We in the West, we think individually. And, and it's a good thing to think individual. I think there's some real merit, but there's times that we need to think collective like a nation. And we don't have that in our mindset. We're all a bunch of individuals. Uh, but Israel, the Eastern way of thinking was for the tribe or for the, the nation. And so the nation of Israel had sin, and we're going to listen to the sins uh, uh, that they committed in just a few minutes. But Matthew 27, 46, all right, has Jesus on the cross. And Jesus cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And at that moment, Christ felt the weight of the sin of humanity, past, present, and future. And that sin caused the Father to turn his face for the first time in eternity away from the Son. And all the pain that he suffered, the physical pain, emotional pain, the, the, the pain of all the sin suddenly paled in comparison to the father turning his face aside from the son. All of a sudden, Jesus is like, where are you? God, he is God, but you know, the Trinity, they were separated for that brief moment. All right, our sin separates us from God. And as a nation, we need to repent. As individuals, we need to repent. Amen. And, um, and then in verse uh, uh, 3 through 8, I'm going to read them, but I'm not going to go. This is kind of a list of sins of the people of Israel. Listen to this. And, and while you're listening, think about our nation. Think about what's going on in our world right now. Uh, I think we can identify with some of these sins or all of them or even beyond this. So this is, um, this is kind of like the Lord telling the people, this is, uh, this is what you've done, Israel. For your hands are defiled with blood 
and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken falsehood. Your tongue mutters wickedness. No one uh, sues righteously. That's in, in the courts of law. And no one pleads honestly. They trust in confusion. Isn't that in our world today right now? Wow. Uh, and speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. They hatch their spider's webs. All right, they're the snake eggs, and they weave spider's webs. Um, he who eats of the eggs dies, and from that which is crushed, a snake breaks forth. Their webs will not become clothing, nor will they cover themselves with their works. Their works are the works of iniquity, and act of violence is in their hands. Verse 7. Their feet, listen to this, their feet run to evil. Are we not living in a, a nation right now, in a culture, in a, in a global uh, time where people are running to evil? It, it, it is where we're at right now. And they hasten to shed innocent blood. And their thoughts are of iniquity, devastation, and destruction are in their highways. They do not know the ways of peace, and there is no justice in their tracks. They have made their paths crooked. Whoever treads on them does not know peace. Does that sound like today? All right. I got all kinds of notes here. I'm just going to skip over them here. Um, the bottom line, Isaiah 59, verse 7 and 8, aligns with Romans 3, 15 through 17. It can, Paul connects these two, basically saying there, a man is a sinner from head to toe. I mean, everything is corrupt in a man. I think some women could fit that picture too. It's not just men, all right? And, 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 and my, the commentator that I was reading says, in light of all this sin, it's amazing, absolutely amazing, that God's people could still believe, as they did, that the problem was with God and not them. Saying, God, where are you? You're, is your arm too short? And, and, and in the midst of all their sin, they're thinking this is God's problem. And yet they're not taking a look at their own self. So now we have uh, verses 9 and onwards. The people actually wake up. And they see the effects of their sin. And they begin to repent. This is a beautiful part. This is the wonderful thing in chapters 40 through 66 is people begin to repent. They begin to see a savior. They begin to see a redeemer. They see, begin to, to see hope. All right, here we go. Verse 9. Therefore, justice is far from us, and righteousness does not overtake us. So it, it's gone from you, meaning God speaking, to the people, us, we. We hope for light, but behold darkness. For brightness, um, 
but we walk in the gloom. We grope along the wall like blind men. We grope like those who have no eyes. We stumble at midday as in the twilight. Among those who are vigorous, we are all like dead men. Verse 11. All of us growl like bears and moan sadly like doves. We hope for justice, but there is none. For salvation, but is far from us. Verse 12. For our transgressions. See, they're finally getting the picture that it's them, not God. For our transgressions are multiplied before you, and our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us, and we know our iniquities. Verse 13. Transgressing and denying the Lord and turning away from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving in and uttering from the heart lying words, and justice is turned back, and righteousness stands far away, for truth is stumbled in the street, and uprightness cannot enter. Wow. They finally get a revelation. All right, let me, I also need to read verse 15. Yes, truth is lacking, and he who turns aside from evil makes himself to be a prey. Now the Lord saw, and it was displeasing to, in his sight, that there was no justice. And so what we have now is the Lord beginning to respond in this chapter. So they cry out, God, why is your arm so short? The Lord says, it's because of your sin. And he goes on and he lists uh, the sins. And then the people wake up and they say, wow, we, that's us. We, have, we are, are full of iniquity. And then we see, starting in verse 16, look what the Lord has done. Woo! All right, this is where it starts to get good. All right, here we go. And he saw that there was no man and was astonished that there was no one to intercede, an intercessor. It's just like he was saying, why is there no one trying to wake up to the people? Why is there no prophet? Why is there nobody trying to turn the tide around? All right? And, uh, and so... Then he said, then his own arm brought salvation to him. Because he could see no one do it, he made a covenant. It says in verse uh, 21 about the covenant that he made with Abram. He went and did it himself. And his righteousness upheld him. Verse 17, and he put on righteousness like a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. Doesn't this sound an awful lot? Paul used this imagery in Ephesians chapter 6, 10 through 17. Put on the full armor of God so you may be able to stand in the evil days. All right. And then it goes in and he says, uh, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Folks, we're not talking about flesh and blood here. We do not wrestle against our family members. I don't know about you, but I have a lot of family members that aren't saved. And a lot of family members that have sown in to all the deception that's been going on in the world currently. All right? And they can't see. 
And if you bring it up, I have one. He's pretty, uh, pretty vocal. Anybody have someone that's pretty vocal? <laughs> All right. And if I even, even dare to say one little thing, all right, he jumps all over me. And it's not worth an argument, so I don't argue. I just try to drop and sow seeds. And those seeds are starting to take some root in some of my family, not all of them. All right? And, um, and so um, he puts on righteousness. This is, this is the Redeemer we're going to see in verse 20. And like a helmet of salvation on his head, he put on garments of vengeance for clothing and wrapped himself with zeal as a mantle. According to their deeds, so he will repay wrath to his adversaries. In other words, God sees what's going on and he will repay evil uh, to those that are unrepentant. Recompense to his enemies, to the coastlands he will make recompense. And here we go. This is our verse. That's all the background, chapter 58, 59, chapter 60. You get the context of this. So they will fear the name of the Lord. There is going to come a fear of the Lord in the land, and it's going to come uh, in these last days. It doesn't mean that those that are wicked are going to turn. Some will. All right? When you read through the book of Revelation, and we've studied that here, and we'll continue to study it, all right, there's going to come times where they are going to know. They're going to get stung, and they're going to be in pain for six months, one of the, the, one of the trumpets. All right? And they're going to wish that the rocks had fallen and kill them. And they're going to cry out and curse God. They're not going to repent. All right? Uh, so if there is going to be a, a, an evil element that will not turn to the Lord, but there's going to be many, 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 many people that do turn to God. All right, But they're going to know. They're going to know it's God. They're going to know it's God. In, even in fact, in, in, in Revelation chapter 6, towards the end, the people know that it's God. They say it, they recognize it's the work of the Lord, even the wicked people. All right, and evil people. But our, flat, our, our fight is not against these people. We're to love. All right, Romans 12, 21. Okay, this is one of those wow type of verses. All right, uh, you can spell wow backwards. Wow. Frontwards. Wow. Upside down, mom. I know. <laughs> Uh, we're not going to turn it upside down. So now, uh, this verse, Romans 1, 2, 2, 1. Say, say that with me. Romans 1, 2, 2, 1. All right? It says this. All right? Do not be overcome by evil. Overcome evil with good. You got that? Do not be overcome by evil but rather overcome evil by good. In other words, we are not to become like the evil people. We're not to become liars or treacherous, deceivers, thieves, uh, uh, workers of iniquity. We're to stand in righteousness. Uh, somebody sent me 
uh, my sister-in-law in the States sent me the, uh, this afternoon a video of some of some major Christian rock singers, rappers and whatnot. And it was a 20 minutes long. I, I almost didn't hear any of these names, maybe two of them. And it told and it, throughout this video, it was showing how they were compromising. And now I'm not talking about the Bethel and this and all. I'm talking I'm talking about the the bands and the people and whatnot. And it, it said, you know, if, if they they ask where where do they stand on homosexuality, they hedge. Or if they, uh, you know, a certain one you would know if I said his name. Uh, 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 is now sleeping around with all these different women, all right? Uh, and the list goes on what all these people are doing. And I'm like, the compromise that is in the Christian music, a popular kind of chart type of Christian music, not all of them. There's many good godly ones and such. But it, it, it's, it's something, you know, we cannot become like the world. We cannot lower the standards. We need to be, stay righteous. We need to be solid with the Lord, uh, we need to be strong in righteousness. We need to pull up, put on the full armor of God because the avalanche of the world is going to try to come upon us. And what we need to do is stand. When you've done all that you can do, stand. All right, stand. Stand ready to go forward. And, um, and, and watch and see what the Lord is about to do. All right? And... Uh, so God is going to do it himself, all right? The fear of the Lord will come upon them, and this, verse 19 again, they will fear the name of the Lord from the east to the west, and the enemy shall come in like a flood, but the Lord will raise a standard against him. All right? The enemy's going to come in like a flood, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more, but God is going to lift up that standard. A standard is what they would bring in uh, into battle, and then the, 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 uh, the army would rally around a standard. It's like a banner. And the Lord is going to raise a banner, and his banner over us is going to be a, uh, a protection for us. It doesn't mean that we aren't going to, in the last days, in the days to come, that there isn't going to be martyrs among us or, or people being put in prison. Uh, that is likely going to happen depending on how long away that is. Uh, and I don't know what, how long it is, but I don't think it's very long. I think we're talking years, not uh, decades. And um, so we need to set our face like flint to follow Jesus right now. We need to decide in our hearts that we're not going to be shaken. We need to decide that even if it means persecution, loss of income, loss of work, loss of family members, uh, we're going to stand for Jesus. All right? And, uh, and, and God is going to come through for us. All right. It's all negative so far. I'm going to get a little bit more negative, and then we're going to get to the good stuff. All right? Is that okay? We're going to finish with good stuff here. All right, and so we, uh, we've seen wickedness advancing in the last few years, especially the last three years. There's an absolute flood of bad news everywhere you turn. Uh, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll watch the news one week, and I'm like, it can't get any worse. And the next week I look, and it's gotten worse. 
And then the next week after that, a month later, it's gotten worse. And we're, I mean, it's like, where have they lost their minds? Our government and our, and our leaders, I won't mention them. You know who I'm talking about, America, Canada, and some other places in the world. It's, it's like they have absolutely lost their minds. It's like if this is all on purpose. Actually, maybe it is. All right? And, uh, and that we know that the Antichrist, all right, is about to step on the, to the world stage for a seven-year tribulation. We know that is coming. Look at in our own... Co- Just listen to some of these things that are going on. And this is a real short list, okay? Uh, you could probably add another 20 items without even doing too much thinking. But in Canada, how about Bill C-11? All right, it's right outside. There's a, there's a, a newspaper that has Bill C-11. You can read about it. That is uh, taking away our free speech on social media. It's very close to passing. I don't think it's passed yet, but it's very, very close. All right, Bill C-21. That has to do with uh, uh, guns and rifles and now handguns and all this type of thing. All right, every, every country that loses the right to have guns, uh, the government uh, oppresses and overtakes. All right, and that's, uh, that's what's happening in Canada. All right, we see a war in Ukraine. All right, you know, the Bible says in Matthew 24, you'll hear of wars and rumors of war. So we see a war in Ukraine, and we hear a rumor of war between China and Taiwan coming. All right, uh, we see blatant disregard for life, abortion. Uh, it used to be uh, uh, rare and, uh, and, and only for, for a certain emergency situations. Now it's open for anyone. Uh, in uh, Canada, we have no types of limits or restrictions on it, though I think 40 to 60% of Canadians want some kind of restriction on it. How about euthanasia that was brought in under our current prime minister? It was, it was only supposed to be for a real narrow, narrow, narrow thing. Now they're opening it up. They're getting to the place where if somebody doesn't have, if a, if a teenager doesn't, teenager, doesn't have a girlfriend and they want to kill themselves, they can go and get it done. Now, I don't think it's gone quite that far, but that's where they're, this thing is heading. For anybody who wants to take their life, the government says, okay, yep, go ahead. Uh, and it's, it's exploding. Uh, how about suicide? Suicide is on the increase in this pandemic has caused so many people, especially young people, all right, be so... Uh, not interested in living anymore, that they don't think there's a hope. They look at the future, and they say there's nothing good coming. Let me tell you, there's a lot of good things in the future, okay? If you're a young person, God has all kinds of stuff in the future, and also he has eternity with him. Come on. Uh, Drugs. Drug use is on the increase like never before, and it's flowing into America and into Canada, this thing called fentanyl, particularly. Just this one little pill the size of an aspirin, you take it and you're dead. And most people take it not because they want to get high. Most people take it uh, unknowingly that there's fentanyl in it. And it's killing not tens or hundreds. In Canada, it's killing thousands of Canadians a year. Now, this is, this is, this is, this is awful. All right? Crime. Crime is going through the roof. We're living in times, folks, that evil is just 
overtaken. You, you see it in the States, and it's happening to some degree in Canada where people just uh, break windows and 20 or 60 people run in and, and grab whatever they want. And there's no, uh, in some, some states in, the, in America, if you steal, was it under 1000 or under $10,000, there's, there's no, they, they don't even bother you. All right? So you can go stealing from somewhere every night as long as you don't steal over $1,000 at one time or over 10000 whatever the number is. This is ridiculous. It, 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 it is sad. All right? Uh, there's defund the police. All right? There not only are, are, is, is crime on the increase, but people are, 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 are politicians are letting criminals out of jail. I mean, some of them are serious offenders. They're letting out of prison. They're trying to take the guns away from the good people and letting the criminals free out on the streets. It, it is, it, it, it's an aberration. It is, it is crazy. We keep hearing about uh, viruses, new viruses on the horizon. They're coming out. All right? Deception. These, the, you know, the first horseman is going to be deception, the white horse. And deception's everywhere. Or this is the flood of evil that is happening in our world right now. And I, I've, I've never said this before, but I'm going to say it tonight cautiously. All right? And possibly in code. I'm not sure. All right? Um, I've said all along, and I support anybody that gets the vaccine and those that don't get the vaccine. And I still do, even to this night, and I always will. That's a free medical choice. And I will never uh, uh, aggressively come and ask you if you've gotten the vaccine. In a private conversation, if you want to say it or, or whatever, that's okay. I, I have the deepest respect for anybody that has made a decision uh, freely or, or you were co coerced. I've always said the mandates were pure evil. Absolutely pure evil, the mandates of uh, these vaccines. All right. The thing that is really alarming right now is the adverse uh, effects that are happening. I'm not going to go down this road very, long, very much, but uh, my wife says amen, hallelujah. All right. But, but really, really, there is a lot of things that are happening right now. And um, I watched the movie. I'm going to say the last name of the movie. And then in two minutes, I'll say the first name of the movie, all right, because I don't want to say the, the movie, the two words together. But I watched it in New York, and I just about fell off my chair, all right? You can find it on Rumble and other places. Uh, the movie's called Suddenly. That's the second word. And um, how many people know what the first word is? Okay, about half the people in the room. How many people actually watch this movie? Shake your hand if you're absolutely... All right. Um, when, when you get to the 48 minute, I, I mean, I, I couldn't watch the screen anymore. It is alarming. And uh, by the way, the first word is died. And I'm not going to put the two words together. All right. And so I really believe, the hope part is I really believe God's about to do something. He's about to send, he's about to send our healing revival in the world. And that is the hope. God is going to raise up a standard. What's that standard? His blood. Amen? His blood. But God, the, the enemy's coming. I believe there's a revival that is coming. 
a healing revival, a revival of righteousness, of holiness. I believe we are on the cusp of it, that we are, we've got the surfboard out and that we've had a couple of little waves, but the big wave is coming and we're all ready to catch this wave. Waves of glory are coming and we're going to see something so great and so powerful and so strong. All right. And, uh, whew. and um, wow, the greatest revival is at hand. Hope is ahead. Uh, we have hope, all right? Let me just read a few verses here on hope, and I'm almost done. Someone say amen. We're going to pray for people. Philippians 1.6, we were in there this morning. You guys should all be able to quote this that were with me this morning, all right? Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion till the day of Christ Jesus. To the day of Christ Jesus, which is coming soon. He's begun a good work in you, Gail. He's begun a good work in you, Glenna. He's begun a good work in you, Rose. I got to know Rose from Northern Ontario. Anybody from Northern Ontario is okay in my books. All right. And uh, yesterday at lunch. And uh, God's done a, he's, he started a work, good work in you, Melanie. He's going to carry it on to completion. Come on now. Just put your, put your hand like that. He's done, started a good work in me, and he's going to finish it. He's going to finish it. God doesn't do anything halfway, Godfrey. He doesn't do anything halfway. All right? He's going to finish the work. I see Ian around here somewhere. Ian, God is going to finish the work that he started in you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. How about Psalms 33, 18? But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love. Folks, we don't have to fear what's coming. We know it. it's, it's bad. We know there's going to be some real hard times. I'm believing that we're going to have a window where this thing turns around for a year or two or three, and we're going to see the greatest harvest come in. All right, before, before the, 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 I believe... But God, God's going to get the final word and all that. He will. His book is, uh, is true. Romans 8.28 says that we know that all things work together for good. All things. No matter what the flood of wickedness that's coming against us, God says all things work together for good for those that love him and are called according to his good purpose. How about this one? Isaiah 41, verse uh, 1 and 2. But now, this is what the Lord says. Okay, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, who formed you, Israel, do not fear. All right? We do not have to fear what's coming, folks. Even though it's coming like a flood. We can remember this verse throughout this year. We see things coming like a flood. But God has raised the standard of his blood that we can stand under. It's an umbrella. All right, for I've redeemed you. I've summoned you by name. Do you know he knows you leave by name? Donna, all right, uh, Helena, glory to God, he knows you by name. All right, Daryl, come on. Uh, you are mine. You are mine, Debbie, he says. Sandra, Derek, Ooh, hallelujah. When you, listen to this, when you pass through the waters, the flood, when you pass through the flood, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, 
they will not sweep over you. When you go, when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Oh, folks, it, you know, I, I think, I, you know, look what the Lord has done. Over the last two or three weeks, I have looked back on what God did got to get me saved, where I was, what I was doing, uh, the, the encounters that I've had, the people that I've met, the people that I've, I've preached to, prayed with, people that have poured into my life. I, I have just kind of looked at the last 40 years. And then even tonight during worship, I'm like, wow. John, I, I, I've, I've been half my Christian life in Aurora at this church. All right? Isn't that something? Wow. Glory to God. All right? And it's just getting gooder and gooder. Come on now. The best is ahead. The best is ahead. All right? How about um, Isaiah 40, 31? But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. God is going to renew your strength this year. Going into the next year, he's going to renew your strength. The enemy coming in like a flood to cause fear. The fear of man, fear of hopelessness. But God is here to give you hope. If you put your hope in God, come on, God's going to renew your strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Just a couple more and I'm going to wrap up. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope, he is a God of hope, fill you with all joy. Interesting, the book of James and now the book of, uh, of um, Philippians talk about joy. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. All right. Fill you with all joy and peace as you what? Trust in him. Trust in the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will set your path straight. Amen. So that you may overflow with the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Psalm 112. I want to finish with these words of hope. They will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. All right? Psalm 41.10, I think we'll close with this last verse. So do not fear. Why? For I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. All right, we have lots, lots to look forward to. The greatest is still ahead. The greatest miracles are still ahead. The greatest salvation is still ahead. Our families getting saved are still ahead. Amen. Uh, the greatest healings are still ahead. Who? come on. Greatest self, I mean, the greatest is still ahead. We're not just trying to have a pep rally here. Remember in high school, you'd have a pep rally for the football team or for the basketball team, you know, rah, rah, rah. Yeah, this is a little bit of a pep rally, but it's more than that. This is the truth of God living inside of us. Our God is a, uh, is a faithful and, 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 
and a, a, a powerful God. And so um, in 2023, it's going to be a year of breakthrough and overcoming like never before. Breakthrough and overcoming in your finances, in your health, in your relationships, in your families. All right. Um, in the midst of great turmoil, we're going to see God prove himself strong. Amen. And so what we're going to do is we're going to pray for people here individually, but we're going to do some corporate prayers. All right. First one will be salvation. Then the second one will pray for finances. Third one will be sickness. All right. And, um, and so I'm going to ask everybody to bow their heads for the first two. And then on the third one, we're going to ask everybody to stand. And so, Lord, I just pray for each and every person here. I pray, oh God, I don't know where everyone is at. Maybe you felt hopelessness trying to cut like, like a wave of hopelessness lately or, 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 or in the past have come over you and you just don't know any way out. You don't see any avenue of, of uh, victory. Well, I'm here to tell you God is victorious. He will see you through. He will provide a way of escape that you can stand up under this. He is the come through God. He sometimes doesn't come through to five minutes or two minutes or 30 seconds to midnight, all right? But he is never late. He's the on-time God. Lord, I just pray uh, encouragement to people right now in this room. Powerful encouragement. Hope. I just release hope in this. We talked about a lot of the things that are causing hopelessness. It's important that we're aware, that we're alert, that we're wise as a serpent, but gentle as a dove. We need to know. We need to discern the times that we're in. But we also need to know that our God is bigger and greater and higher than anything the enemy can throw at us. And so I just, I just say, Lord, bring strength those that hope in the Lord shall renew their strength. Right now, Lord, I just speak a renewal of strength right now. Ooh, just breathe that fresh hope right now. Just breathe it in. Ha, ha. Let the joy of the Lord is... Just be your strength right now. Let that joy of the Lord rise up here right now. Whoa. Ooh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. If there's anyone listening online or anyone in this building that either don't know the Lord or it's been a long time, you've walked away and you're just coming back, I'm just going to say this prayer. And at the end of this prayer, you just say, I agree with that prayer. You can say it yourself. I'm just going to say it myself quietly. And if you agree with this prayer, you say amen at the end. So, Father, I come to you tonight and I acknowledge my need for a Savior. I acknowledge my need for hope tonight. And I pray, oh God, that you would fill me with your spirit. I pray, oh God, that you forgive me of my sins. Wash and cleanse me. I believe you died and you rose from the dead. 
that you're alive, that you're making intercession for us in heaven, and yet you're soon coming back. And Lord, I want to be in that number when the saints go marching in. Hallelujah. I acknowledge, Lord, that I've fallen short. You know, I'm actually praying this prayer myself right now. And I just pray, oh God, that you'd forgive me in any ways that I have let you down and grieved your Holy Spirit. Redeem me, save me, set me on a rock to stay, Lord. I put my trust in you. My hope is in you. Thank you, Lord. Tonight, for a fresh start with you. Shanda Bakanda. Right now, I'm going to pray a, a general prayer for sickness. We're going to have you sit, and then we're going to sign off online, and then we're going to open up the altars. I've been wanting to pray this prayer for six or eight months, but felt not to, to pray it until right now. I feel a release here tonight to pray this on this scripture. I believe this will become, over the next year or two, a fairly regular prayer. I, I want to pray, A, protection over COVID and over anything coming down the line and strengthen your immune systems. But the second part that I haven't prayed, I want to pray against adverse effects of vaccines. I do not want anybody to stand. I don't want anybody to put your hand up if that's you, if you want to come up and talk privately. I do not want to embarrass anybody or put anybody in the spotlight here. But I believe God's big enough to bring healing to anybody uh, that's, that has um, taken the vaccine and are experiencing some difficulties or protection over anybody who's taken it against any future. All right? I, I hope everybody is okay with that. Um, and so I'm going to ask you to, to bow your heads. And Father, right now I just pray general healing right now for diabetes, cancer, any issues in the brain, hearing, sight, taste, all the five senses, touch, joints right now, Lord, we just pray, oh God, inner healing, the kidneys, the liver, the pancreas, the lungs, the heart, strengthen and heal each and every person here, Lord. We pray, amen. Uh, if anybody wants to talk to me privately about any of this, you certainly feel free to con contact me. But I, I just want to bless those that are watching online right now. Uh, just remember, if the enemy comes in like a flood, or when the enemy comes in, God is going to raise a standard over you, over each and every one of us here. All right? And hope, hope eternal. All right? We have that blessed hope in Christ Jesus one day. 
One day very soon we're going to be with him. Uh, uh, all right, let's keep the joy of the Lord. Let's keep the joy of the Lord. Let's be strong going through this Christmas season. I pray for all your family gatherings and, and celebrations and such. I pray that you have a, a great time and that you can be a witness to family members that don't know Jesus. Let, let your light shine. Let your light shine. All right, let there be family restoration. Let there be reconciliation this Christmas. This is the first free Christmas that we've had with total no restrictions. Let there be such joy in every one of your families. And let all the division and all the, all the, uh, the um, issues uh, that have come up be gone in Jesus' name. God bless you on online. We're going to sign off here. See you next week for uh, Donna Parishon and two weeks tonight. Pastor or, uh, Dr. Russ Moyer will be here with us in the house. So God bless you online. Amen. We want you to experience all what God has for you. Make sure to visit us in person. Check out www.tgpoa.com for more information on how to find us. We hope to see you here soon.